Hey, welcome to Crosswalk Church. Today, Pastor Dan is bringing you a teaching, so head over to crosswalkphoenix.com and find today's message under the worship tab. There you can download the Crosswalk notes to follow along. And now, here's Pastor Dan. First of all, I love being a pastor at Crosswalk. I got a text during that, my growth group time is wrong, please change it. <laughs> so... I'm reading my text to growth group leaders. Uh, but we are now to the, to the make it count. And the, I think the video did a very good job of introducing what this is all about. Uh, that we recognize, when you, when you think of make it count, the words that I associate with make it count are, you only have one shot, so make it count. And when I think of those words, I think back to when I was a child, and my dad was a police officer, and he was also in charge of the shooting range uh, for the, the police department, and it was just something that he did. He always took the kids. He always took us with him, and every time we went, he would give us an opportunity to shoot as well, and we learned handgun safety and everything like that, and especially when we went from using pistols to rifles, that, that he would have us there on a bench with sandbags where we could hold the rifle uh, so that it was completely still. And I, I still remember my dad talking to me and, and talking me through it as I was getting ready to shoot. And, and he would tell me, just slow down a little bit and you need to make sure you only take one shot at a time. Don't think about your second shot. Don't think about your third shot. You to Think about this shot. Because if you're hunting and you're out in the woods, most likely, if, if you see a deer or whatever you're hunting, you're only going to get one shot. So make it count. And, and what he was telling me really was concentrate, focus, all of those different things on, on what you're doing. Right now, the Arizona Cardinals, the, that you're going to hear them talking about the playoffs and, and their game next week. And they're going to say, you know what, we don't know how many shots we're going to get at the playoffs. That this isn't something that happens every year. It's, it's not something that you can assume you're going to come back to. So what you need to do this year, don't worry about last year, don't worry about next year, but this year and right now, this game, you need to make it count. Which means don't leave anything left on the field. You have to give all of it, all of your energy, all of your time, all of your focus to this game because it's so important. And as we look at this series, we're going to see, though, that it's more important than shooting a gun or, or being in the playoffs. This is about your life. And, and it's making your life count, having that focus and, and that energy as well in how you live. Now, as we, we start to talk about making it count, the, a, a place where eventually I think our thoughts go, and we're going to start there today, is regrets. And today when, when we think about regrets, I don't want you necessarily today to think about something that you regret doing. I want you to think about something you regret not doing. And so when, to, to kind of help you, in, and it's very important, I want everyone here to think of one thing. And, and I'll let you think right now as I share with you a couple. One of them for me, I remember, it, it just, it was like it was yesterday. I was a freshman in high school. And I had gone all the way through grade school and I was, you know, I'll just say above average intelligence. So I, 
I never studied in grade school, never did anything like that. I never had homework or anything like that. And I did fine when we had tests. I wouldn't necessarily study for them. I just kind of knew it because I listened to the teacher and I had a good memory and, and it got me by. And then when I went to high school, I went to a prep school. And, and it, was a very, it was a very difficult academic school. And I remember going into my first Latin test And I figured Latin would be the same way as all my other classes were and always had been, that I really didn't need to study. I would just remember it. The problem is, is I I never knew Latin in the... I still don't know Latin, but that's a whole other story. But as I was sitting there, and it was... I had never flunked a test before that day. But that day I did. And, and I, all my thoughts going through my mind of, I don't know if I'm going to be able to go to school here. That might be too hard for me. But that idea of the regret, what I regret clearly was the night before playing Nerf basketball in my bedroom instead of studying for my Latin test, which I, I should have done. Or maybe, you know, and that's what I want you to think about is that time where all of a sudden it, it dawns on you, but it's too late. Or maybe for another person, it, it can be when they're with their divorce attorney and they're sitting there and, and they, they just go back a little bit and, and they do the would have, could have, should have about maybe things that would have helped that before it got this far. And, and, and you just, you, you play with it in your mind or could I have done that? Or what if I would have done that? And, and so there might be things you, you regret that you didn't do. Now, what I need you to do, hopefully by now, is you have a regret. And what I need you to do is kind of in imaginary type way, take that regret and I want you to put it in a, a bottle. I want you to bottle the way you felt or the way you feel right now about just missing that opportunity and, and not giving it all your energy. And I want you to put it in a bottle. Or for some of us, it's more of like a barrel and, and I know it doesn't fit well because I'm going to ask you to stamp it down and put a cover on it. And I want you to just put it up on the shelf for a moment. And, and we're going to get back to this, this regret uh, and, and, and use it hopefully in a productive way. But today's message, as we go from here, is that regret is going to have some value today. But from this point forward, this point forward, when we, we talk about make it count, that we're saying that we don't want to live in a way that we feel that way about regret. We feel that way about our lives, about the, the things we didn't do, the energy and the focus we didn't have, and we're going to live with it from this point forward. Now, to help us in our, our study, we're going to look at Matthew chapter 25, beginning with the 14th verse. Just so you know, if you look at all the different passages, these are all in order. And I'm going to read all the way through right now. It's Matthew 25, verses 14, uh, to the back page is verse 30. And, and please follow with me either on the screen or in your Bibles or on your sheets as we go through Matthew 25. Again, it, which is the kingdom of God, will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To the one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five more bags. 
So also the one who had two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of these servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. The master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I know that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. For whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is God's word. As we look at this, it's important for us to understand the time of Jesus' life when he shared this parable, this, this story, this earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And it was right before he was going to the cross. It was Holy Week, the last week of his life. And so as he told the story and, and we look at it, it's like a man who is going on a journey. Jesus is the man who's going on the journey. He was going on a journey, first of all, to the cross to pay for the sins of all people of all time. Then he was going there to the tomb. And, and, and then after that, the resurrection. That's, that's where Jesus was going. And then later, he ascended into heaven. In essence, Jesus was telling his, his disciples, I am leaving. Now, what did, what did this person do? He called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. And so Jesus is calling his disciples. Jesus is calling all of his followers, and, and you and me as well, and what he's telling us is that he's entrusting the work that he was doing, the work of sharing the good news, of sharing the message of law, which points out sin, and of gospel, which shows them forgiveness and their savior. He was entrusting that work to his followers. Now, I just want to stop there, and I want you to think in terms of God for a moment. We're going to get to, because we're the servants, what that means for us, but I want you to think from God's perspective, and I want you to think about if you've ever gone on vacation for a week, or maybe two weeks, and you, if you're like me, when, when you have to get ready for the vacation, you have to get, make sure all the things you do are done while you're gone, and so it starts at work. So first of all, I have to start by making sure I talk to Jeff and tell him, hey, someone's got to be preaching when I'm gone, so make sure that, that you're here and we're doing it and you're on. Then it'll go to my growth groups where I talk to different people in my growth group and tell them, hey, I'm not going to be there, so I'm going to need you to lead for me and, and make sure you take care of it. 
And then finally, we'll go down to got to take care of the dogs in the house as well, and usually don't take the dogs with us on vacation, so someone is going to need to, to take care of, of, of the dogs in the house and make sure everything is okay there while we're gone. Now, when you do that, I'm guessing that you ask people you can trust, because what happens with that is I, I start with the things I consider most important. So, so we start with the things from the stage, there are really a limited number of people who can do this on a Sunday. So it's, there's not like I can ask a bunch of people. But then when we go to the growth groups, there are a lot more people I can ask. That, that I have all the growth group leaders, I have people in my group, so maybe a pool of 30 people. And then when it comes down to my house, I mean, really, it's something that's not... It's not hard to do. I mean, it's a matter of having a key, walking in and opening a door so the dog can get out. I mean, it's not rocket science, okay? But now I want you to think, if you entrusted people to do this while you were gone, think of what would happen if, if what you wanted them to do wasn't done. For Sunday, if you came and, and would be, sorry, there's no message today. Well, maybe someone would be happy. But anyways, there, there would be, though, consequences and even if it's the most important or even what you could say is the least important if I come back and my dog wasn't let out by someone who would be like are you kidding me the house what kind of shape that would be in what kind of shape my dog would be in and, and you realize how important it is and now I want you to flip that and, and now think in terms of, of God saying that he has shown trust in you by letting you take care of his ministry while he's gone and understand that he's going to be returning and when he does, he's going to have an accounting of how you did while he was gone. And so on the one hand, I want you to have a sense of honor, maybe, that God would entrust it to you. Because when you go away, you ask people that you trust and people that you can count on, people that are close to you. And that is the relationship you have with God through Jesus Christ. You are family. You are people that are close to him, the most trusted people to him that there are. In the blank, you can write, God shows trust in you by giving you wealth. God shows trust in you by giving you wealth. And our greatest treasure or wealth is the gospel. So from this point on in this message, when I talk about these five bags of gold, two bags of gold, one bag of gold, whatever it is, I'm not just talking about money right now. And when I talk about treasure, I'm not talking just about money. I'm talking about the one bag of gold that all of us have, which is the good news of Jesus and the fact that we've been forgiven and a relationship restored with God. But then after that, the bags of gold he gives you are things like your time, your ability, and, and your wealth. So all of these things, when we're talking about it, it's everything God has given you that you use, that you can use to serve him. So we continue. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five more bags. So also the one who had two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. So now you have the two approaches. What am I going to do? Am I going to use what God has given me, understand it's his, and, and put it to work? 
Or am I going to take it and, and, and think to myself, you know what, I just, I don't want to be doing anything with this. I'm going to bury it. So in the blank, you can write, will you use wealth or bury it? Will you use wealth or bury it? And now I want you, I need you to go to your shelf right now and grab your regret. And I want you to take it down. And, and it's easy when, when I look at this and I say, will I use wealth or bury it to think about my Latin class? Am I going to use the brains that God has given me to study my, for my test? Or am I going to do nothing and uh, deal with the consequences later? And this is where you can take regret out. And this is called law motivation, just so you know. And I think to myself, and I did, this drove me my entire career. I never want to feel that way again. And so what that's going to do is my fear of failure and my not wanting to have regret is going to keep me moving so that never happens again. Now, now that regret is a great motivator for your sinful nature because it only responds to fear. But it's not what God has in mind for you. God does not want you serving out of of fear. He wants you serving out of thanks. So what I need you to do, put your regret, stamp it back down, get it in there, put it on the shelf. We'll get back to it in a a moment. We continue. And, And before we continue, one more thing here is to say, today, this is where you are at. This is where you are at in this Bible story. Jesus hasn't returned yet. Today's the day where you're asking the question and and you answer it every day by how you live. Am I going to use it or bury it? We continue. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. The master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I gained two more. The master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. There's a beauty to people using the the gifts that God has given them and putting them into action. And that it's basically saying, you know what, if you have those gifts and you put them to work, don't worry about the results. The results are going to come. So this isn't about being afraid, but simply this is about faithfulness and how you are going to use them and when you do, how there's a doubling of, of what has, has God has given you and, and how that's used in his kingdom to bring forth even more wealth. Now, when I thought about this, I, I thought about a, a couple, there's a, I could use a hundred examples of this, but I'm going to give you just a couple that, that come to mind right away. And Kathy, I don't know if you're here for church today or not. You were already warned from Crosswalk Kids. I didn't tell her I was going to use her. Kathy, she is, um, I love Kathy. And she, you don't know this unless you have a baby, but she's here every nine o'clock service and she loves holding babies. And she has that in common with my daughter who also loves holding babies. And so what she does is she uses, uses that love to come here every nine o'clock service, 
Hold those kids so that the parents can come here and hear God's word and, and the kids can be over there in that safe environment. And, and that's what they do. And that's putting a talent to work. That's what I'm talking about here. Another example I'm going to use is a growth group and a growth group leader. And I'm using this growth group because of all the growth groups, this would be the growth group that I would never go to. I'm just going to say that going. See, not that it would make you not want to go, but if you want, whatever. Anyways, first of all, it's called God's Chicks Create. Okay, so it's a woman's growth group. So number one, that's not why I'm going to it. And, and secondly, the, the leader of it, Veronica Montanari is her name. She, she loves God's word. And the other thing she loves are crafts and scrapbooking. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh. That, that is what a, a torture is what that is. But, but she loves those things. And so what she does is she wants to bring them together. And, and so what they do is they bring on Monday mornings is when she does it, that they do a, a devotion where they talk about relationships and things with their family. And then they go right into scrapbooking about what they just did devotions to help them do scrapbooks for their families and the things that are important to them. And, for, you know, she has these, these ladies in the group who, who think it's like the greatest thing since sliced bread. But my point is this. I, I use that on purpose because I'm not telling everyone to go do that. I'm telling you I would never do that because she needs to be faithful with the gifts that she's been given and I need to be faithful with the gifts that I've been given And you need to be faithful with the gifts that you've been given. And if that's still a little too nebulous for you, I'm going to tell you that we've worked on a process at at Crosswalk to help you and and a process that we work through. And, And this is the way we do it. The most important part of the stewardship is this. You need to recognize the first bag of gold is God's love for you in Jesus Christ. Plain and simple. That is the treasure you need to use, period. And, and that is what you're doing right now. That's the good news. Is you're coming here to, to hear about God's love for you in Jesus Christ. So you have first step taken care of. The second step that we, that we use to also try to make this happen are growth groups. And growth groups are where you also hear of God's love for you in Jesus Christ, And you have the opportunity to discuss them and develop relationships with people in the church. Then the third step, the third leg of this journey, are are ministry teams. And so you have opportunities like Kathy does in in Crosswalk Kids where it it makes it happen. Or growth groups where Veronica Montanari is doing her growth group. Whoever it happens to be, whatever you happen to do, that you have this cycle of being loved and showing love, and being loved, and showing love. And, and, and that is exactly what this putting this, putting this to use and, and putting your money, the wealth, everything that God has given you into practice, that's what it looks like. In the blank, you can write, God's definition of make it count, be faithful with the gifts that I, that God, has given to you. That's what he's looking for. He's he's looking for no more from you than what he has already given to you. And he's saying, just use it. Unfortunately, that's not the way it always works. We go to the next page. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came 
came. Master, he said, I know that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seeds. So I was afraid, went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Need you go back to the shelf one more time, grab the the bottle of regret, the barrel of regret, take the cover off it, and use it again. And I'm going back to my Latin class where I failed my test. And you know whose fault it was? That professor really should have done a better job of letting me know what was on that test. Granted, he had given us a study sheet and everything we needed to know. I mean, it was like, it was crazy. But, but that's, that's where we go. And did you notice in this, in this parable who the wicked servant blamed? God. You know what, God? It's your fault because I know the way you are and, 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 and it's, it's your fault. But this is the, the flaw in the way that we think. On the page before it said, when, when God talked to those who were faithful servants, he said, you have been faithful with a little. Now you've shown your faithfulness. I'm going to give you much. If you are like me, you think that's a lie. And here's why. I'm not going to ask how many of you bought lottery tickets this past weekend or are going to buy them for Wednesday, but I am going to tell you that someone in my household has. Okay, it was me. And this is, and if you are like me, this past, now it's going to be like 1.3 billion or whatever it is, because I don't think there was a winner. But, but this past week, it was 800, 850 million, whatever it was. And all of a sudden, when we start talking about that much money, I start getting generous with God. God, if I win, I'm going to give half to you. We're going to give half the crosswalk, right? So God's question and my question to you right now are this. If you think you're going to give half if you have that much money, why aren't you giving half now? Oh, no, because I have, you know, I, have, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough wealth. I don't have enough energy. All of those different things. And all of a sudden, we think that mentality is going to change if we had five more bags of gold. Or if I had 850 million bags of gold or whatever it is. Faithfulness to God doesn't start with big things. It starts with little things. Little things like faithfulness and going back to his word. Little things like being faithful with what the bags of gold God does give you. Just so you know, a bag of gold about that time would have been one year's salary. So however much you make in a year, 20,000, 50,000, 100,000, whatever it is, doesn't make any difference. But think about that, that, that what the amount of money we're talking about isn't a hundred bucks. It's a, a substantial amount. So how do you use that today to invest in the kingdom of God? Or do you bury it, bury it in your own life, bury it in your own finances? How do you bury the, the talents that you have as well? This 
section incriminates me. When I, when I think of how messed up my, my head is when it comes to the gifts that God has given me. In the blank, you can write, many try to blame an unfulfilled life on God. The truth is that we have no one to blame but ourselves. No one to blame but ourselves. As we look at our past, at our regrets, at the things that we do not do, at a God that we have not served, ourselves. So this is what he says. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. For whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And they lived happily ever after. No, that's not there. Wow, that's harsh. It's a harsh way for it to answer it. And so what we need to do to, to make sure we understand this is, I have it highlighted, whoever does not have even what they have will be taken from them. Maybe to understand the ending of this story would be to go to other words of Jesus. Jesus said, whoever, what good, well he asked, what good is it if a man gains the whole world and yet forfeits his soul? And, and it's a rhetorical question, right? Because he doesn't answer. What good is it if a man gains the world and forfeits his soul? It's no good. Because that what you have is you have everything in this world and then you come to death and we can't take any of it with us because just so you know, we're stewards. It's not ours. It's just been entrusted to us. And so it goes back and then you're left with nothing. You are left with nothing because you didn't have an investment in what was most important, which is the kingdom of God, the treasure of the gospel. But now the flip side of that is is also important. What good is it if a man or woman invests in the kingdom of God and uses their talents and their treasure and the gospel for God's purposes, for his kingdom? What good is that? Not only do they receive blessing in this life and the Lord's presence with them as they go, but this is something that goes right through death and right in through eternity. And not only that, but the promise from God is not only will you enjoy this this blessing of, of what God's kingdom does as we serve one another, as we love him and love one another, but it's going to double, it's going to multiply, and it's something that you will not only be able to enjoy now, but for an eternity. In the blank, you can write, with God's wealth, I must use it or lose it. Use it or lose it. Living a life of service will result in never-ending and even increased blessing. Living a life of service will result in never-ending and even increased blessing. Okay, I need you one more time to go up on the shelf and grab your regret, okay? Little bottle, big barrel. If you're like me, it's the big barrel. And then I need you to take that barrel, make sure the cover's on tight. I want you to take a belt, put it all the way around it and tighten it. I want you to take a hammer and nails, okay? Hammer that thing down. And then I want you to put it on its side and roll it right over to the cross. 
Because today, as of today, that regret does you absolutely no good. Anything from the past, anything that you have not done, anything that you, you wish you, you would have done, all of it. Not going to motivate us, any of that. We're taking it to the cross of Jesus Christ where he forgives it. And today now, today is when we get to start anew being forgiven by Jesus Christ to make it count. To do an inventory of the blessings that we've been given, starting with the gospel, and then looking at, at the time, talent, the treasure, everything that we have, and putting it to work to serve him. A few things to help you are, are in the meditation part. Identify the gifts God has given me for service. So, so start thinking about that. What, is, how, what has God made me to be? How am I special? Some of you are already doing it, okay? So, so as we look at this, it, it's, but it's always considering that. A little bit of time, identify my excuses for not serving. You know, I don't want you to spend too much time there, but, but recognize what's getting in the way. And then the important part, take the next step, the step of serving somewhere in the next week. And I'm not telling, just so we're clear, it doesn't have to be in this building. And I'm not talking necessarily, if it is, great. And if it's Crosswalk Kids, great, whatever it is. But somewhere, where is God calling you to love him and love others and put it into practice, making an investment in people and in the kingdom of God? Let's pray. Dear Lord God, we thank you that you have entrusted to us your kingdom, and it's crazy when we think about it, it's absolutely crazy that you would put all of this in our hands, but it's what you've done, Lord, and so you send your Holy Spirit to work through that word to strengthen us. You've given us a tremendous amount of gifts. As I think about all the people in this building, uh, all the people uh, that are associated with Crosswalk in any ways, even people who are just their first time here, a tremendous amount of gifts. Now, Lord, help us to, to live without regrets. And the way that we do that is to faithfully use what we've been given by you and invest it in your kingdom. Uh, Lord, send your Holy Spirit to guide us on the way and let us trust you for the results. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. So before we close, if you would like more information about Crosswalk or to listen to other messages, head over to crosswalkphoenix.com or come and see us. Services are held at Cesar Chavez High School at 41st Avenue and Baseline on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Visit our website for directions. And now some closing thoughts from Pastor Dan. As we leave today, just want to leave with, first of all, thanks. Uh, a thank you to God for entrusting uh, Crosswalk with, I would say, more than our fair share of bags of gold. When you think of everyone here and all the, the gifts that we have been given by God, it's just humbling uh, to see what he has given to us. A second thank you to everyone who, who uses those and invests them in the work of God's kingdom. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for letting me do it with you. And then finally, an invitation. An invitation that, that if you're at a point right now where, where you're feeling now is, now is the time to do that, uh, to look for those opportunities to serve with us and, and put these talents into practice in God's kingdom. And as you go, go with God's blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. 
the Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. Amen. We'll see you on the patio.